Hey everybody, hi, welcome, it's time for Atomic Radio Hour, episode 180. How are you? I hope you're doing well. Uh, it's a, episode 180, I don't know about you, but 180 is just a really, really nice number. It's a full turn on a skateboard, or a snowboard, some skis, um, pretty much just moving, <laughs> uh, <laughs> rotation, 180 degrees, um, kind of fitting in a weird way. Because I feel like we're very different at this point from where we started. Uh, the show was two people and audio, and now it's one and a half people and video. And I say one and a half because Kyle's usually here, um, but he's not always here here. Kyle, you want to say hi quick? Hello. I never leave. <laughs> he never leaves, but he's never not here. Yeah. Does that make sense? Um, so yeah, we're in a different place. We're about to go into a new year. Christmas time is upon us. Uh, the new year is coming too. It's always a, it's a fun time of year. Um, I hope you're doing well. I hope things are good on your end. Got some things to talk about today. Got some lore as usual. Um, some very exciting news though. Kyle, if you want to pop in real quick. Yep. I'd like to talk about the Sonic the movie, the <laughs> two, the trailer. Um, how do you feel about this trailer? Woo. Oh boy. Now you and I, you and I watched it together live. Uh-huh. And, uh, when we watched it together live, uh, we did it in the discord, but nobody, nobody popped in. Um, you got my genuine reaction. I got your genuine, <laughs> genuine reaction. Yes. How do you feel? How would you describe your genuine reaction when you were watching? Excited. It? Super excited. Why? Um, just how good it looks. Mm. You know, just, what do you mean by good? Uh, just how like on point we got everything. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's Sonic. That's uh, that's Tails. That's Knuckles. Yeah. Oh, we understand what that scene is. You know. I mean, we can say the scenes. It's yeah. not like it's it's a yeah, trailer. Yeah. It's it's also the Sonic movie. It's not Citizen Kane yeah, Two yeah. Electric Boogaloo. Like we <laughs> saw the Master Emerald, we knew right away what that was, and mm-hmm. like the snowboarding and like mm, and Mystic Ruins. Yeah. Seeing Mystic, the trailer. I'm, I'm not even gonna lie. That should have me crying in the <laughs> club, dude. I, I can, oh my uh, god! Confirm. <laughs> no, but it wasn't even like it had me overwhelmed. I like couldn't like. I was I was out for like a good ten minutes. Kyle's like excited, like yo, the new Wonder Woman game, and I'm like, Kyle, my childhood is being put into a movie. I was like, give me a minute. Like I tweeted about it. I might put a tweet on screen. It might be here somewhere. I don't know. Uh, it was like something like the Sonic movie trailer two has me feeling like it's 2002 again, and I'm booting up my GameCube on Christmas Day to play Sonic Adventure. Like, it just, ooh, like, it just fucking felt right, everything about it. The only thing, genuinely, Kyle, the only thing that is missing so far from these movies are Chow. Chow, yeah. And I really am surprised that they haven't tried to market the Chow in the trailer so they could be, like, um, the Baby Yoda or, like, the Minions mm. or... Um, the Porgs from Star Wars. Everything's Star Wars right now. Right, right. But like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like they didn't try to make a marketing thing out of it. Which I, dude, I would buy a Chow plush now. Yesterday, I'd have three of them. Like, I don't even like plushes. I'm more of an action figure guy. Make a make a Chow plush, dude. Imagine how cool a Pop Funko of a Chow would That'd be. That'd be cool. They would. It would be perfect. The big eyes, the stylized head and body. It'd be part. Oh my god! I that I'd probably buy three of, and I would kind of keep them in a corner. Oh god! I'm so excited for this movie. I'm just excited for this movie. I have an idea of where it's going to go. Um, I don't know where it's going to go because I didn't work on the film. But like, you could just tell when Ben Schwartz came on stage at the Game Awards, they were having a great time. Oh yeah. Like, he just knows that he's just kind of in something that's fun. I mean, I think he's he's a comic actor, but I don't know if he's a comedian. So I'm assuming he knows how to, like, just be on a stage and have a good time regardless. Because he's – did you ever watch Parks and Rec? Yeah. I like his character in Parks and Rec. Can't think of his name. I can think of his his uh, sister's name, his fake sister in the show's name, uh, Mona Lisa. And their dad is Henry Winkler, the Fonz. But I cannot think of his name. John Carlo? I think so. 
cool. Uh, and he's arguably the best character in that show. Like, cameo characters. Retta is the best character. I can't think of her name. Treat yourself, woman. I don't know her name. It's been a very long time since I've watched Parks. This movie looks great. <laughs> and I'm, I'm never excited for movies. I don't even normally watch trailers, but this was the exception. I don't even get excited for games. Very rarely. There is a game that I'm excited about that we're going to talk about shortly. And I and, and it seems real. Uh, but I'm very excited for the Sonic movie. I'm happy you are, Kyle. I wish that we could watch it together. Um, it comes out in April, yeah. right? I don't plan on being home in April. We have to watch it together at some point, though. True. Yeah, yeah. Like, next time I come home, we have to sit down and be like, Kyle, Sonic 2. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Game Awards... Um, Game Awards is is fine. We're going to talk about it. Papa's going to pop in. And we're going to talk about it a little bit towards the end. Game Awards is fine. Um, for me, it felt like, and I'll probably say this again later, it felt like that it kind of ended. And I was like, all right, well, the Sonic trailer happened. And then I didn't really mind everything else. Um, but this was something that that I thought was really interesting from Tom Henderson on Twitter. Bully 2. Bully 2 was expected as a potential surprise revealed at the Game Awards last week after some people have been shown some material alluding to a reveal soon. Information is a bit blurry at the moment, but I have quite... And I have to be quite vague here, but if I hear more, I'll report on it. And this is from Okami Games. says an upcoming story on Bully 2 is being teased on one of the... By one of the senior editors at Game Informer. Now, there was a swag to video that I watched. And I love swag to stuff. Um, I don't know if this is wrong for me to say. But at one point in time, swag, I was I've actually was talking to swag to on Twitter a little bit. And I wanted to have swag to on because the previous host, Olive, was a very big fan of Bully. And uh, so was I. And uh, I mean, just doom, 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 There's actually a Paul Barman song. This is a tangent um that i'm like 95 percent sure is a sample of the bully soundtrack it's just if if it's not i'm surprised we were talking a little bit i wanted to have swagton on the show swagton pretty sure lives in sweden uh a nordic country and if it's not sweden it's a nordic country and the schedules didn't work um we didn't really talk all that much to be honest either but if you want to know anything about Bully 2, Swagta's channel is the channel to go to. And I'm just excited to see this game kind of happen, to see something pop up. Every few years, it seemed like something was going to happen, or we heard something about this, or we heard something about that. Uh, Bully, or I'm sorry, Red Dead 2 has a lasso system, the rope system in it, that apparently was taken from like a really early version of Bully 2 that got scrapped, and then they put it into there, and I can only assume it was going to be something like jump rope, and you could like use jump rope to tie people up. I think Bully 2 happening today is perfect. We could talk about how social media affects uh, kids. There's actually a podcast called Behind the Bastards, and they did one recently, and I'm sorry that I don't know the name, about Instagram and how Instagram affects people and Zuckerberg and how he knows like that uh, kids, it was something like child slash teen suicide rates uh, or, or thoughts of suicide had spiked because of Instagram. Also, Instagram is a very different place than it used to be. But I think it's real. We could it could be neat to explore like what Twitter does in a school system, what Instagram does to kids on, at, at that level. Facebook, we're gonna look at like oh, Facebook is a is a thirty five and older club at this point, and then talk about like mental illness in school, talk about bullying, talk about uh, class structure, talk about money, talk about poverty, talk about. Uh, how kind of being in school doesn't really get you ready for the real world, the quote unquote real world, but like you pretend it does. And then you hit an age where you're like, oh, I guess nobody knows what's going on. It's not just me. Cool. I think Bully 2 is needed. And I think Bully 2, Bully 1 is very timeless in its feel. Because uh, it honestly, as great as a game as it is, just feels like if like Tommy Versetti went to a... <laughs> went to a, 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 a um, 
a preparatory school. It doesn't feel like anything crazy. I I do like how throughout the entire story of Bully One, Jimmy Hopkins is very much like, hey, this is wrong. Like, bullying is wrong. Like, he's like, we shouldn't be picking on each other. Yeah, he kind of, like, bullies people to get what he needs, but he's like, stop it. Get some help. It's also uh, the first place I ever heard the word sociopath used. Uh, also, what I wanted to get at is a dude from Game Informer apparently tweeted something out about it and then later on, like, deleted his tweets and, like, made his account private or something. Again, I'm not 100% sure, but it is in, that, it is in one of Swagta's most recent videos. Uh, before we get into the lore, real quick, I just want to bring up... Uh, Kyle, I might have you pop in for this one, too. Yep. But just... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paint a scene for you. Okay. It's 2001, 2002, 3, 4. You wake up, middle of the night, your mouth's real, real dry. You reach for the glass of water that you left there before bed or the bottle or what have you. And you turn the TV on real, real low because you know you're not supposed to have it on this late at night. And as you turn it on and the tube kind of flickers and softens and kind of settles in the way those old CRTs used to, all you hear is... All kids out of the pool. How magical is that moment for you? <laughs> uh, yeah. It's pretty good. Uh, I, 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 uh, it'll be on screen right now in the corner. Let me see if I can do some fourth wall shit. Right here. Hold on. Right here. There you go. Hey. Uh, <laughs> there, I, I do it every now and again, and it should be there at least for this segment, if not the entire episode. Um, I'm a huge fan of Adult Swim since I was a kid. For like as long as I can remember, I've been watching Adult Swim. I um, don't talk about it much here because I don't like to. Uh, but I, I, I made some music. I've been a sad kid with a drum machine and a, or a, or a sampler and made some beats. And uh, one of my one of the things I'm most proud of is a uh, tape, a project called Midnight Snacks that was all inspired by Adult Swim. And... Uh, just today, actually, before I was recording while I was cooking, I just looked up, like, the original bumpers from the early 2000s and, like, the, the, the song Pool. I don't know if it's actually called 2001 Pools, but that's what I look up and find it. That done, 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 done. Like, just puts me in such a, such a place. Like, instantly I'm just there. Uh, all that to be said that Futurama's coming back to Adult Swim. And I know we're not like that kind of a show, but that just is really exciting because to me, that's where Futurama feels like it belongs. Even though it's been on every other network, it feels like it belongs there. And to see that like people are fans are so excited to see it come back. Futurama. Futurama might be the, the only timeless show ever. We're doing a lot of themes of time today. Um, but I always say that Breaking Bad is my generation's Star Trek. I don't mean, I mean, in, in the sense of cultural relevance. And there's also kind of like the same amount of episodes. There's like 70 something episodes of Star Trek. There's like 60 to 70 something episodes of Breaking Bad. Um, I, I feel like, I feel like Breaking Bad is my generation's Star Trek, but I think in a more like literal sense, Futurama is my generation's Star Trek. Like, I know that's, like, really on the nose, but it's, like, the anime... Whatever the animated version of Star Trek is when Star Trek was out, that's what Futurama is. It's important to me. It's something big. It's something that, no matter what, just keeps being brought back. And I wouldn't be surprised if they do, like, another three movies because of this. Because they're making an Aqua Teen movie. I need to start a show that's just about Adult Swim. Because <laughs> I fucking love Adult Swim. Dude, home movies... God, have, you been, have you ever watched home movies? No. Brendan, Brendan, Brendan. You never watched home movies? No, it wasn't my style at the time. Yeah, but you like Ed and Eddie, yeah, right? Yeah, but... It's Squiggle Vision. Yeah. No, I, like, it's only the first season, but still, I... Adult Swim could, like... They do... Did you ever see in, infomercials? Did you ever see the infomercials? We had a friend that was super into the infomercials. I don't know if you remember, like, unedited footage of a bear. I think I remember. If... If I ever just want to see something creative, like I want to be inspired, I'm like, what is Adult Swim doing currently? Because they've evolved constantly. But other than that, I think it's time to pop up into the lore before lore, as per usual. 
we got to thank some people. Uh, we have to thank the Patreon. Because of the Patreon, I can continue to do this. Uh, there is a bunch of stuff that I can do. A bunch of stuff that I'm trying to work on, trying to do. Like I've said multiple times since Olive left, updates are coming. Things are happening. Um, let's thank the Patreon. Starting from the tippity top, we have to thank the OG Noah. Thank you, Noah. After Noah, we have to thank Danny. Thank you, Danny. After Danny, it's Marcus. Thank you, Marcus. And last but certainly not least is Bones Jones. Again, thank you for supporting the show. And if you'd like to support the show in any other way, really, subscribing, liking, sharing, uh, all, uh, commenting, all of that helps tremendously. Show your friends. You could get something on the Redbubble. There's a link in the description below to the Redbubble. Check us out. It helps a lot. Um, but other than that, we have to bump over to the lore. Now, um, admittedly, part of this is my fault. I'll admit it. Admitting, admittingly, like I said. I asked the question of, hey, I'm thinking of a number between this and that. Or I'm thinking of a type of food or a type of pasta, a color, uh, a month, a day, something. And whoever picks it gets the, the, gets the pick lore. Well, I forgot to do that all week long. I've had a very stressful week. Uh, very long, very tedious. Uh, hopefully, soon I'll be able to explain why. Um, but I just, it's totally slipped my mind. I asked today, no one got it. I asked a number between 1 to 20. No one picked it, so I'm going to kind of let it rock for a little longer and see where we go from there. If someone picks it, then we'll go with that. Uh, but it being episode 180, and I thought, let's keep it thematic. I haven't thought to do a vault in a really long time based on the number. Uh, so I thought to myself, I, I think I just typed in 180 on the Fallout Wiki to see what came up. And what I got is actually something that I've wanted to talk about for a very long time because I was unaware of actually the span of this group of people. If you want to hear any lore whatsoever, make sure you're in the Discord because I will ask the Discord once a week a question. First person to get the question right gets to pick the lore this week. Nobody did get it. So this week, the lore is on the 80s. Now, I, for a very long time, thought that the 80s was the entire Route 80 across the U.S., and it's not. It's actually a, a small uh, portion of, of Utah that the 80s take place in. I don't know where I got the idea that it was all across the East. I feel like I must have read that somewhere, but that also might be, like, old lore. Um, because what's what's so interesting, especially about New Vegas and like that whole era of fallout or time or space or area is so much of it is dependent on highways and like the one highway that Graham talks about that he once he was covered in pitch and thrown kicked into the uh, Grand Canyon. There's a route that he takes that's like in my part of Colorado uh, and there's like a lot of really cool stuff that like you can kind of map where – in like a really literal sense, you can you can map where all of these um, all of these places are taken. Like all like the, the 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 long fifteen is Interstate fifteen. Like it's all the stuff that you can track through it. Um, there's a lot of really cool things about Colorado and Fallout actually. That like the part of Colorado I live in is supposed to be a huge Brotherhood of Steel base, which is super fucking tight. And I didn't know that's like got here, but the eighties are a gang that are predominantly within uh, Utah, a tribe of raiders in North Nevada, not far from the Great Salt Lake. Uh, the 80s territories borders that of the White Legs. They are much feared because they seem to be able to cover large areas with very few men. They're really talked about as if they are this just brutal force. Uh, I'll read the exact quote off the wiki in a moment, but they there's a thing where... They, they tell a caravaner, you're not worth my bullets, pretty much. Stella, I believe her name is. Um, again, like I said, I'll read it off the wiki. I'd like to see a game based around the 80s just to see how ruthless and just uninterested they are with violence. Like, I kind of imagine Alex DeLarge from A Clockwork Orange, but not enjoying it. Just doing it because it is a task to be done. Almost like the Legion, but without serving the Great Mars. The 80s are mostly known for raiding frontier towns and kidnapping people. At This is what I love about them. In the sense of, like, the lore and the world building. At the end of the events of Honest Hearts. Minor spoilers for Honest Hearts if you haven't played. Salt Upon Wounds is spared. If Salt Upon Wounds is spared, the 80s will capture the Great Salt Lake from the White Lakes. You know. 
If Salt Upon Wounds is killed, the 80s absolutely decimate the remainder of the White Legs. No matter what, the remaining tribes of Zion join forces to drive the 80s away from Highway 50 in Utah, which then open new trade routes for the Happy Trails Caravan Company. Now, there really is only the mention of the 80s in in uh, New Vegas. Stella mentions that in the, in the past, a group of raiders abducted and killed two working girls from Caliente. She says that if the 80s wanted her and her town members dead, they would have killed them and guessed that the raiders didn't think they were worth trouble. So that to me sounds like a dead hooker in the trunk kind of situation. I don't know. Wasn't there. Couldn't say. But still. The courier can say things like, I haven't been through Utah recently. What's the situation like? And Jed Masterson will say, you got raiders all over the damn place. Tribes of degenerates that'll eat you as soon as they look at you. Regional warlords. The works. Not too many decent places to stop and trade. New Canaan's one of the only places left I know about. And the courier can reply with, tell me about the raiders. And Jed will say, they're about what you'd expect. Crazy. Jacked up on chems. Violent as hell. And not too bright. The worst are the 80s, but we won't be passing through their turf on this run. So the courier can then say, uh, were the 80s a gang or a tribe? And Stella say, what's the difference? Raiders is Raiders. That's a great line. Raiders is Raiders. Bunch of them swept into town and dragged off two working girls. Deputies and me gave pursuit straight into 80s territory. By the time we caught up with the girls, there wasn't much left of them. So we turned for home, made it back to Caliente without further losses. But we was watched the whole way. Never saw so few people cover so much land. Goddamn creepy. If the 80s would have killed us, we would have been dead. If they wanted to kill us, we would have been dead. Guess they figured we weren't worth the troubles. Uh, the honest, honest hearts ending. I'm just going to read these quick because this is just from the end of the game. Really honest hearts ending demoralized by the dead horses and the sorrows attack the courier and Joshua Graham led against them. The white legs retaliated to the great salt lake. Their days were numbered. Words soon reached the 80s tribes at the white leg spirit was broken. Their war chief, a dim shadow of his former self by the year's end. The 80s would overrun the white legs camp, scattering the tribe to the winds and claiming the Great Salt Lake for their own. The second ending, Joshua Graham's chilling execution of salt upon wounds seared it into their minds. The surviving white legs retreated to the Great Salt Lake, unable to shake the memory of their brutal defeat and the dead horse's savagery in battle, the white legs feared further reprisal. They fled north out of Utah into Wyoming. The wilderness was harsh, and the first winter claimed half of the tribe. When spring came, the survivors parted way in small bands, and so the white legs died a quiet, ignominious death. Uh, and then the third ending, the Happy Trails Com for the Happy Trails Company, the defeat of the white legs in Zion marked the turning point for the for the fortunes of the Happy Trails Caravan Company. Every two months, the caravan would meet the new Canaanites in Zion Valley to trade. Happy Trails soon returned to prosperity. The vigilance of the sorrows and the dead horses in defending southwest Utah, initially starting to the Happy Trails caravans, soon provided as a blessing, as the tribes united against the 80s, driving them back to Highway 50, and thus opening yet another trade route for the Happy Trails caravan. That's about it. I really kind of hope whatever happens with this Fallout show, we kind of get to see the 80s. We get to see the Great Salt Lake, maybe, even as just a concept. I think that's where the show will thrive when we get to see kind of a, a raiding group. I hope it's not a vault. I hope it's not Brotherhood. I hope it's uh, Wasteland people that don't know how to read. That's lore. All right, Papa. Would you like to come into my office once once more? Sure. How are you? Not bad. We're, we're going to do the quarterly review. You ready? Okay. Um, it says here you're a very good boy. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> uh, the Game Awards, pal. Yes. How do you? What are you thinking? Where, what is your takeaway? What would you rate it? Nine out of ten. Let's just. We don't have to. We don't have to spend an hour and a half on this. We could just talk about the stuff that we'd like, and we can go uh, from there. I think I would rate it like. 7 out of 10. I'm with you. 
I'm probably closer to a six than a seven, but I'm with you. What are you excited for? Well, I'm excited for. I'm trying to find my list of like. Oh, that's what right. Came out. While you find that, I will yeah, give my go. gripes and grievances real quick. Um, I will never forgive Jeff Keeley for the rest of my life because he made me sit through an Imagine's Dragons song. I mean, that's fine. Unexcusable. Unexcusable. Imagine Dragons in in 2021. Come on. Radioactive? Thunder? I don't want to hear that shit. I don't want to hear the band that made that. That's really my only gripe. That and the show is just so long. Um, this definitely not like in a bad way. Pretty long this year. Like I, I, I was supposed to edit like while you and I were watching it, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" End. Yeah. <laughs> but like, not like like there is such a thing as too much of a good thing, and I was just like, "This is dope. I like this. This this time of year always gets me excited." We need to move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, do you have your list? Yes. Yes. Okay. Do you want to talk about who won Game of the Year now or after the list? Talk after the list. Um, okay, I'll bring up some memorable stuff that we kind of yeah looked about. Uh, Evil West. Oh, that cowboy zombie demon game. Yeah, super dope. I can't wait to play that. Super cool looking. Uh, we have Have a Nice Death, which is like side scrolling. Like you play the Grim Re- Little Grim Reaper. Oh, that looks real good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's like we got to talk about the games a little more because yeah. we, we can't assume that everybody has seen the game awards, yeah. you know. Uh, let's see here. What else did we kind of like? Uh, I'm super excited about this new Wonder Woman game we're getting. Um, Why uh, are you like into the Wonder Wonder Woman lore? No, but it's being made by a studio I really like, uh, Monolith Studios, who created the Shadow of War, Shadow of Mortar games. Yes, um, they're implementing the Nemesis system, which is not really something any other studio has been using. It's kind of their own thing, which I'm super excited about. Can't wait to see what that plays into in another like setting. Can I ask you a question, quick? Just because I know you're yeah. you're big into the videos, James. You you say that the um the Nemesis system, and my mind instantly went to how Sony Santa Monica like has the 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 um axe like that axe technology mm-hmm. you know what i mean like that that like how thor's hammer comes back and they hired that same dude to go work for marvel yeah but like do you think that's going to be a thing do you think it's going to be a big thing with like companies that they're going to be like hey this is our unique thing we own it uh no i guess i don't know like I can't really think of anything that any like thing that somebody has. It's like, yeah, this is ours, except for like the nemesis system. Like I never seen anyone yeah. else implement it or use it. You know, mm-hmm. it was only those games that had that. Um, yeah, cool. I don't know. I don't think. What else? Uh, a new Star Wars game called Eclipse. Uh, so I watched a couple streamers that watched the Game Awards, and they the Star Wars thing came on. And then the company that was making it popped up, and they're like, "Oh my god, it's that's no." And I was like, "Really? What is this, what is this company?" I looked it up, and it's the. I'm going to get it wrong. I'm. It's the David Lynch, David Fincher's games. Oh, is um David Cage? David Cage game. Yeah, that's the David Cage studio. <laughs> He's the dude who makes Life is Strange. No, he makes he made uh, Heavy Rain, Beyond. Mm, and I'm then sorry, you're you're correct. Detroit. Yes. Which Detroit, I enjoyed. I enjoyed a lot. Detroit was really good. I didn't play it. I watched some playthroughs of it. Uh, it seems cool. It it doesn't it doesn't seem like my kind. It doesn't doesn't seem like my kind <sighs> of game. Because I was telling somebody today, um, everybody who loves Halo Two, cover your ears. But Kyle, you and I have been playing Halo Two. Yeah, I think it's very overrated. Mm. I'm not not having a good time. I just don't see why everyone praises Halo 2 as this, like, be-all, end-all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not saying it's not a fun time. Um, but that's kind of like – so the point I'm getting at with that is, like, I'm there for the story and I'm kind of I'm, – I'm enjoying the lore of Fallout 2 – or Fallout 2, Halo 2. Um, 
But David Cage games seem like they're just all story and not really any gameplay, which is fine. They have those Matrix experience things and like there's a Radiohead one too. I don't know. I just don't, I don't have any interest in playing yeah. them. They seem neat though. They're, yeah, I, I would say they're story, but they mix in like the kind of Telltale-esque stuff of like, mm-hmm. you have this choice. Oh, you messed up the choice. The character's dead, you know? Yeah, live with it. Um. So yeah, so that's Star Wars game, and then my favorite, the big thing for me was Alan Wake Two. Oh, Kyle, you know what? I'm so happy I got, I got to be there to like experience it with you, because you've been the biggest champion of Alan Wake since it came out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that one of your? Is that like your top five? Uh games. I mean, yeah. all of my games are top five, so. <laughs> yeah, I remember you telling me that you played Alan Wake one summer for school instead of reading a book because it was based on a book. <sighs> no, well, I read the book, and the book had like oh, you did a better ending explaining of the ending. Mm-hmm. Um, the book I didn't read but played the game for was Assassin's Creed Two, which I wrote a book report on. It was basically the same. Did thing you as really? The book. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I read the book. Um, uh, they talked to Sam Lake about it. It's been 10 years. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be a true, the Remedy's first true survival horror. <laughs> to, to explain how excited Kyle was for this, Kyle does not have a mean bone in his body. Kyle has never been anything but kind to me. Kyle shushed me <laughs> during the trailer. <laughs> That's I, how excited he was. Because they're showing it, and I was like, because Alan Wake was whispering. <laughs> so I was like, all right, hold on. I can't hear the voice. It's, it's <laughs> quiet because he's whispering. Like, the voice will give it away from me, and they gave it away from me. And I wasn't even saying anything. I was like, oh, this looks neat. Or I said, like, oh, that's New York or something. And mm-hmm. Kyle goes, shh. <laughs> when they switched to the Bright Falls, I knew. Really? Yeah. I... I is Alan Wake on Game Pass? I have a feeling uh, it's on Game Pass. Because I know, like, the DLC is on Game Pass. That's not a DLC. Uh, maybe oh, it's not? Ori- I thought it was. I think the original is. I mm-hmm. don't think the remasters are. The remaster is. I don't need to play the remaster. Um, I mean, it looks... Yeah, I would recommend the remaster than the original. Let's be really? It, it, it didn't... You know, it didn't, it didn't carry over through the ages, you know, the graphics. Mm. You don't think it has a certain charm to it, though? It does, but, like, it's... They did a good job, you know, in okay. the remaster. Okay. Um, yeah, it wasn't... They did have a DLC, which is included. Um, mm. But then they made a sequel, which was an Xbox arcade game. Um, That's what's on Game Pass yeah. that I know for certain. American Nightmare. Cool. Maybe I'll play... Do I need to play the first one to understand that one? <clears throat> a little bit, a little bit. Okay. That has a different atmosphere it. to it because it's a like a, it was an Xbox arcade game. So mm-hmm. this is Alan Wake is one of those games that like you know everybody has like games that you associate with them or songs or like a movie that you associate with somebody. Mm-hmm. I always associate you with like Mass Effect, Assassin's Creed, obviously. Alan Wake, like I don't. Alan Wake has always been. I always just see you as like Alan Wake's champion, <laughs> always. Uh, yeah. What else? Uh, you I, have? Would, I recommend if you ever want to get into Alan Wake, or if you're a big fan of Twin Peaks, then definitely check that out. I have to watch Twin Peaks. That I need, is, you know what? I need a friend to like sit down. I and be would like, watch hey, that every. With you. Yeah. Yeah, because it's just like it's not good, but it's not like it, <laughs> it's. It's bad to be good. You know what I mean? It's that's, like over that's campy what being of like a Fallout fan feels like right now. It's not good, but I love it. Yeah, it's like, like <laughs> it, it's like that thing of like, all right, it's kind of they're supposed to be almost like fifties kids. Look, you know, like they're like in the fifties almost. Yeah, and they, they're over dramatic. You know, it's filmed. They're like, oh, they're crying, and it just gets weird. <laughs> and yeah, it is just like enjoyable to just watch that and stuff like that, but. Yeah. Maybe we should do that, Kyle. Maybe in the new year. How many episodes is it? Uh, I have to see, but we're not watching. Uh, I don't. Part, season three is not good, uh, in my opinion. Um, maybe maybe once a week we could sit down and watch an episode. Because they had. You've seen the. Oh, what's God, up? No, I was going to say they had two seasons and then it got canceled. David Lynch is the creator. Yeah. Um, 
And then have you ever seen any of his movies? Uh, no. I always wanted. Neither to watch have I. The Me one. too. Um, but, Eraserhead. Yeah, Eraserhead, and then there's yeah. another one. Um, but season three came out on, um, Stars. Yeah, it was a Star show. That's why it sucked. Who? What the fuck is on Stars? It was a, it was a Star <laughs> show, but they I don't know what the idea was, but they really heavily led into like the brutal murderings and like. I, okay. I like six episodes, like six or seven episodes went by where like you were ch- the main character was like brain dead and you're just watching them being brain dead the whole time. And it was just like, ah, come on, please just bring him back. Come on, come on, come on. Yeah, it was just, it just got over the top. Hmm. I think just to be over the top to be like, hey, screw you, network. You know, this is what happened when because you canceled it and stuff like that. You know, well, I'm going to put the clip in. It's a, such a sadness that you think you've seen a film on your fucking telephone. Get real. <laughs> uh, what else did you have? All right, so we got Alan Wake. Um, a, uh, I think it's from the creator of Silent Hill. You saw it, and then yeah. I kind of saw it. Um, it's called Slitterhead. That looks. I want to see more of that before I say anything. It look. I like games that take place not in New York, Chicago, or LA, mm-hmm. and it takes place in Tokyo. Yeah, it looked weird. It's a horror game. Weird people, bug things. Uh, so I don't know. The title of the game kind of sounds like a slur, like Slitterhead. Yeah. That, that, okay. Uh, then we got a online game called Nightingale, which is like steampunk, but. They tran tra- tra- they travel. I couldn't mm-hmm. say travel there for a second. You're good. They travel to uh, like a old fantasy setting, like monsters stuff like that. But they're like like old Victorian looking characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish, and it's like survival crafting and stuff like that. PC only. Uh, for now, for now, yeah, yeah. And then for I now. think uh, your favorite thing was we got a little. Uh, Little concert for a certain DLC. Oh yeah, we get the little Cuphead concert for the for uh, uh, the delicious last course. I I like Cuphead a lot. Um, maybe just because I'm a sucker for old cartoons and big band music. Mm-hmm. But I think I think Cuphead. I feel like I throw this around a lot as of late, but I think Cuphead is like as close as you can get to a perfect game. Mm. Because of the amount of love that goes into it. Like, when I say perfect, I don't mean that it's flawless. There's a big difference, for me at least, between perfect and flawless. Like, I think Fallout 3 is a perfect game. But that's because it goes to my tastes. You know what I mean? The feelings of being alone, the retrofuturism, the apocalyptic setting. That, to me, is perfect. Cuphead is such a love letter to its own thing that it's perfect. Cuphead's not flawless. It's far from flawless. There's a, there's a, there's actually, I want to get your opinion on this. And since we're here, let's do it. There's an argument going on right now that video games need to have difficulty sliders regardless of the game. So people that can't play video games as easily as someone like you or I who are more able bodied can. Like you and I can pick up The Last of Us 2. And I'm going to, I'm using The Last of Us 2 as an example. You'll see in a second and play it right out of the box, get right into the game, right? Yeah. But you could play that game if you're blind. Yeah. Like, there's so many settings that you can play it. Now, I think that's awesome, but I also think that's because it's a game that's more narratively driven. Yeah. But, like, Cuphead, half of the fun of Cuphead is the challenge. Like, I don't play Cuphead because I'm, how's, I'm how's worried that, about... How's that dragon? Did you beat that dragon? No, I did. I finally okay. did. Go fuck yourself. I beat it one yeah. time. Uh, my first yeah, try. fuck you. I have a Dude, I had I had Olive come over and help me. You, I you're could like, not oh, grim man, yeah, I remember you texting me, going, oh, stupid dragon. I was like, I just beat it in my first try. Yeah, but didn't you have a hard time on the clown? Yeah, but then I beat it. Uh, yeah, but I beat the I beat the clown on like my third try. Yeah, but so I that, the but dragon. That's what I first... like about. <laughs> okay, okay, Kyle. That's what I like about about Cuphead. Is it is it? It's hard, but that's like the point of Cuphead. So like, people are saying that Dark Souls should have. A slider to make the game easier. No. But I don't know anybody who's playing Dark Souls for the story. Like, people tell me, like, oh, Dark Souls has this great lore. Yeah, but it does. But you have to go so out of your way to find it that if you want to know the lore of Dark Souls, just go on the wiki. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. It's also like Dark Souls is not hard. I mean, it's hard if you don't know how to make a character, I guess. Like if you're running in Dark. wearing full freaking heavy ass armor and you're fat rolling, like you're going to have a bad time because you don't know how to weight system works in the game. Yeah. And like most of the time it's falling off of freaking platforms. Mm. Like, I, I don't know. It's weird. Like, I wouldn't say Dark Souls hard. Like, I've seen people... Dark Souls hard. Yeah. <laughs> people, like, never played a Souls game, play it, and be like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? Dark Souls always seems like Dance Dance Revolution to me, but with a controller. And I mean in the sense of, like, that game is just, here's the pattern. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that it, there's not there's not challenge there's not difficulty it just seems like it's like here's the pattern once you get the pattern you can do it no problem you know what i mean yeah i also think but, it's okay, like go- people who complain about difficulty is just like people- learn how to play the game first well you remember remember that dude who couldn't get past the tutorial of cuphead yeah yeah <laughs> but 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 what else do you have what else looks fun uh, so we got Cuphead DLC. We got uh, trying to think. We're we're getting close to like the the slog. I would I would say <laughs> towards yeah. It was the end there. Yeah. You want to talk about game of the year? Yeah. Let's go. Let's go ahead. Um, I disagree. <laughs> I think the the choice for game of the year was entirely political. Hear me out. I don't think what's going on right now at Activision is right. Uh, 1-800-ALL-COCK is unacceptable. Uh, I don't think that Take-Two being as big as a company as Take-Two is. We didn't talk about this um, publicly on the show. But as big as a company as Take-Two is, I don't think it's right of Take-Two to go after a little game called It Takes Two, where Take-Two, meaning Take-Two as in like – and I actually just listened to a Jabroni Mike stream and he said – if it sounds like I'm paraphrasing him, I might be because I just watched a, sh- a stream of his the other day where he's like, Take-Two means you're doing another shot. Like if I'm filming something and I say, all right, Take-Two, it means I'm doing the shot for a second time where It Takes Two – is a phrase that like it takes two to tango. Like yeah. it takes two it's people also to like a song. Like it takes two to make, you know? Yeah. The fucking, Oh my God. I, why did I think of that? That um, song that I can't think of who sings it, but it is in the original Arnold. Hey, Arnold movie trailer. I don't know why that's, that's <laughs> what I remember anyway. Um, and take two, just like uh, yeah, uh, we want the money, or we're gonna sue, or something. There we was want a lawsuit you to put against the them. name, basically. And from what I understand, the company that made it takes two, they were just like, all right, like what are we gonna do? They, take two makes an obscene amount of money off of Grand Theft Auto Online, millions of hundreds of millions of dollars a year. And on top of that, dude, they also own Gearbox. Like, Take-Two yeah. owns a lot of people. There was rumors that Take-Two was going to get bought by Sony a while back. Like, that's that's too much. But, like, and I, I'm not saying it Take-Two is, is not a good game. I've never played it. I don't know. But I genuinely think Psychonauts 2 should have won. And, and I'm not just saying that because that's pretty much my game of the year at this point. I'm not even going to lie. I really didn't play that much. And I haven't played Infinite's campaign yet as of this recording. But like, I don't, I like, it's a game that came back 10 years after. No, more? 2004? 10 to 15 years after its initial release date was mostly crowdfunded until Microsoft bought Double Fine to, like, the entire game, the, 
we live in 2020. We're about to be 2022, right? And if the the number one thing that I feel like is being talked about amongst people my age and younger is our mental health and how it affects how we act, how we talk, and if if and to me it's very important. I think everybody should go to therapy. I do my best to talk about therapy openly to destigmatize it because people people that are people don't go to therapy because they're crazy or they're not adjusted. People go to therapy because they want to talk about their problems. And I feel like Psychonauts does a great job at that. Now, I have not played It Takes Two. They might do that in that game. They might explore a bunch of issues that I don't know about. But the fact that Psychonauts 2 opens up with... This is a game about empathy and learning. Yeah, I think It and Takes if Two... if you have... I sorry? Think, I think from the beginning and like playing it, I it, think it delves deep into like divorcing parents and their, how that really? affects their child. Fun fact, Kyle, a uh, parent's divorcing joke has never not been funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I just made this whole thing about mental illness and how we should take it seriously. But if somebody looks at me and goes, I'm – if someone looks at me at work and goes, I'm leaving and I'm not taking the kids, I lose my shit. It's so funny to me. Maybe because I think marriage is a joke, but like – I get it, <laughs> but the point I'm getting at is it being political is I feel like the way the show opened up with Jeff Keighley saying, hey, we, sh- we shouldn't tolerate this in our community of, of, of video games. The way the show opens up is great. The way Jeff Keighley says we shouldn't, we shouldn't accept this. People are being taken advantage of with, with Blizzard and Activision allegedly – uh, and I'm only saying allegedly because I don't want to be – I mean I, I wouldn't, but you know. It's fucking America and we're weird. But these people are being taken advantage of. The, the Cosby Room, 1-800-ALL-COCK. Like it, it's unacceptable. Like people just want to work and do their job and make art and do shit. But the fact that Jeff Keighley never said names bothers me. Say the name. Say what is currently – you don't even have to say. The allegations – the allegations that are going on currently at Activision Blizzard are unacceptable. Right there, he said allegations. He didn't say what is happening at, at Blizzard Activision. And that's why I think they gave it It Takes Two. Because of what Take Two is doing. And they're trying to show that you can't bully people. I don't know if it's a good game or not. I've never played it. I can't say it. But Psychonauts 2 struck a chord with me in a way that... A game since The Last of Us 2 hasn't. And I think that's what I'm looking for in games. I want to know how you feel about this, Kyle. Um, do you think what I'm saying has any merit to it? I could see it. I could see it as I'm like doing that. Um, I also only played a little bit of it. I mean, we also mm. can play because it's on Xbox Game Pass. So if we ever want to play it, we can play it. We um, should. Like honestly, we should. Yeah. We one game of the year. I check it out. You know. I, you know, not to cut you off, but like. I once read something that the, this couple every week they would have they would watch a movie together on like a Friday and they were watching every single movie that won Best Picture at hmm. the Oscars. So they they had like almost a hundred movies to watch. Like, why not play every game that's Game of the Year? Yeah. Sorry, but go on. No, no, yeah, I can I can see that being a thing. And I think like yeah, he should have named names, but I think if naming names would have gotten them and him in probably a lot of trouble. I think, think from so? a lot of people who sponsored it, you know what I mean? I think yeah. it would have caused a lot of problems if they named people. But that's what I'm saying. He wouldn't say that, um, what's his name? Bobby Kodak. He didn't have to say Bobby Kodak. I know. All he has to say is the allegations against Blizzard Activision is unacceptable in this industry. Mm-hmm. He didn't condemn anybody. He yeah. just said, hey, guys, rape is bad. <laughs> B- yeah. Bullying a woman to the point of suicide is not a good thing. I, I, I That's just me. I, I'm sure it's a fine game. I'm sure it is. It's a very small team. The dude – but that, what's so funny is the dude who, who took the award is a guy who they who Jeff Keighley said, I'm not giving the microphone to him because I've learned to keep the microphone away from him because he got on stage and said, fuck the Oscars. Yeah. So do you see, do you see like, I don't know, it's not hypocrisy, but I guess irony of like, we're going to have this big statement come out. We're going to give this award for away for a political reason to the political guy, but we're not going to let him talk until we give him the award. 
I don't know. I just thought he was going to get up there and say, fuck take two. I really thought that's what he was going to do because he said, fuck the Oscars. Yeah. But. But it's also probably legal stuff too, you know, like. Yeah, he probably had a lawyer say, yeah, hey man, don't say fuck anybody when you get up there. speak of it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Prob- well, well, I didn't even think of that. Like now, like the Oscars, anyone get on stage and say fuck the yeah. Oscars, but he is directly involved with this lawsuit. Yeah, they're probably I, like, I didn't think of that. I didn't yeah. think of that. You're correct. Yeah. Probably a lot of legal stuff going on that's like, you, they can't talk about, you know. Yeah. All in all, it was a great show. Yeah. Um, not super, super high energy. Like, you know, I had, like I said before, I had to sit through an Imagine Dragons show. Not okay with that. I think the first part was all right because of mixing the Bastion song. They're just singing the Bastion song. And then, mm. but I think then he went into his Imagine Dragons song. But like, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I fucking, why? <laughs> all right. I think that's the show, Kyle. Do you have anything you want to say? <sighs> I don't know. I think that's it. Cool. Thank you for being here. Uh, there's links in the description to my Twitter, Kyle's Twitter, the show's Twitter. If you like the intro music, it's by Shane Ivers. It's called Feather Duster. Uh, you can get it at silvermansounds.com slash free music, where there's a bunch of his songs. There's the Patreon and the Redbubble that well, that helps uh, if you want to support us in any way. Also, just share the video. Like, subscribe. Um, we're not quite at 400. We're close, but we're not quite there. I'd love to hit 400 before the end of the year. We only have a few more weeks. Understandable if we don't get there. The fact that I have anybody that listens, anybody who watches, to me, is a fucking miracle. Um, I wanted to bring this up before. I'm going to do it real quick. Last episode, I did the lore uh, from episode 130-something, and I don't know how I didn't notice it because I talked about tomato anus, and the whole reason why we brought up the eating a baby thing when we talked to tomato anus is because we had just done the lore on Asher. Uh, So I did the lore twice, and that's only actually happened twice now. Out of 180 episodes, so not too shabby, if I do say so myself. One was on Cazadors, and then Kyle, you I don't remember if you remember, we had you do the lore as like a guest once when we yeah. recorded at Olive's Kitchen. And I remember like at the end of it, I went, I think we've done this. <laughs> it's cool. 180 episodes, you're going to do the same thing twice, at least once. I almost talked about the Sonic movie, what we think was going to happen again before. Uh, thank you for being here. It yeah. is much appreciated. Uh... I love you. I hope you're well. I hope you're healthy. I hope you're mentally healthy. Uh, Be safe. Bye. Bye, Kyle. See ya. (laughs) Atomic Radio Hour Podcast. A Ghoulman Entertainment Production.